Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The Late Lunch, brought to you by Blackstone Motors Summer Sales Event. Get low as can be, APR, zero deposit, and finance arranged within four hours. There's never been a better time to get to Blackstone Motors, Dundalk, Drogheda, or Cavan. You're very welcome to Thursday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Coming up on this afternoon's show, we hear about our July unsung hero, Rick Cronje's in the house. Everything's rosé in the garden. You'll want to hear all about rosé wines. Well, today is the place to be with today, Late Lunch, with us. Aileen Ferguson here is with us as well. She was the first woman ever assigned as a Garda in County Meath and she's going to reflect on her life and times. But first up today, we just have to roll the clock back a few hours. I hope you were listening. Were you listening to the excitement that unfolded last night in Latvia, in Riga? The man who brought us all that excitement is in the hot seat, sitting in front of me on late lunch today. Maybe a little bit exhausted and jet lag, no? I don't know why you have me here today. I remember <laughs> nothing about it, Jerry. It was a blur. <laughs> I have to say, it was one of the great nights. It was great. Oh, Adrian, you're uh, you're just, I think, becoming a real lucky charm with the dog now because you've covered some of these real historic nights, haven't you? I haven't you? seen them beaten this season. They were beaten twice by Sligo and St. Pat's and I was away for both of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The dog fans are paying me to go to games now, I'm as well as LMFM. <laughs> <laughs> Long may it continue. Will we just go back? Yeah, we'll go back a few hours and let's listen to this because the way the game, in case you're living on another planet, let me tell you what happened. It was nil-nil in the first leg last week in Oriel Park. It was nil-nil after 90 minutes last night and 0-0 after 120 minutes. So the game went to penalties, to the penalty spot, the drama of penalties. And it wasn't decided in the regulation five and five spot kicks each. It went into sudden death. And then Sean Hoare stepped up. Another chance for the Dogs. And it's Sean Hall, for my money, man of the match here this evening. How fitting if he's the player to send Dundalk into the next round. Sean Hall from 12 yards. Ozo's weights. Hands on his knees. Sean Hall. And he's shown on Dundalk a groove. Did anyone celebrate? Dundalk celebrates. The League of Ireland celebrates. Dundalk are in the second qualifying round. And their European adventure continues in the Champions League. And Sean Hall is being besieged by teammates and officials. And the dog supporters celebrate wildly. There's been nothing between the sides all night. There's been nothing between the sides over the two legs. There's been very little between the sides in the shootout. But Sean Hall and Gary Rogers has been the difference this evening. And Rogers being embraced by player after player and how he deserves it. 
the experienced campaigner has produced in the penalty shootout keeps the name on everyone's lips tonight Gary Rogers the hero Sean Hall the hero and to talk our through in the Champions League what a night for the Lily White it's been far from vintage across both legs they came off against a resolute and defiant Riga side who looked more of an attacking prospect in the second leg, you have to say. The Jocks rolled the rook on occasions, but they've come out the far side of the two legs with a place in the next round of the Champions League. Yes, a place in the next round of the Champions League. When you're in that moment, you mm. say to me you don't remember a lot about the game. The excitement is overwhelming, isn't it? Even as a commentator, when it you're is. there, yeah, that's it. well. You've done it, Jerry. Yeah. It's, it's a blur almost. You know, mm. you're, you're you're speaking, and it's uh, people talk about flow and, and things like that, and you're you're just in the moment. And honestly, I sometimes I don't think I'm responsible for the words. <laughs> that's the <laughs> truth. You know, uh, it's a, it's almost unthinking. You know, yeah, that's uh, why I'm after pressing my delay button there, which I should have done before the right. show started. That wasn't it, a disclaimer. Just, now, you were just giving me a hint there. I know what you were at. Yeah. Anyway, but but it is very true. You, you you become wrapped up in it. But look, overall, it was a tight tie. There was little to choose between. But that's history at this stage. They're through, and that's the main thing. And it's a big step to win that game and move to the second round. Yeah, I, I think I said during that piece of commentary there that um, Dundalk rolled their luck. That was probably a little bit uh, not entirely true. It, it, Dundalk were the better side, I think, across the two legs. I think a one one aggregate win or a penalty shootout win was probably just about right. I think the the way they won it probably reflects the way the two legs went. There was very little between the two teams. They were very uh, prepared to get behind the ball and make things difficult for Dundalk at all times. But they did look a threat on occasions, say, when they broke. And they brought on a couple of substitutes last night that uh, really, you imagine, they might have started the game. I can only presume that the Riga manager was happy with what he saw on the first leg and wanted to offer encouragement to the players who had played in that because the two players who came in who missed the first leg for varying reasons um, Brissola uh, was injured in Dundalk in training and Panic missed the first leg due to suspension they both came off the bench uh, last night and they, they made a big difference for uh, Riga mm. but um, but uh, look at Greatford and Dundalk they deserved it across both legs they were the side that showed the most ambition and like last night was it just re- brought me back to 2016 which I was fortunate enough to cover largely for LMFM and it was just it, it was up there with those great nights from 2016 mm. it was great and you know yourself Jerry, you've been over the ground with Drogheda as yep. well and how great those nights can be and I was talking to a, a Riga fan over there, a businessman in the hotel while I was preparing some of my notes and he came over he wanted to see what I was doing and he told me how garbage Riga were and how trash they were and he's used to looking at the top end of the, of the Champions League but he has no understanding of just how much European football means to smaller clubs and even Sean Gannon after the game like and he come up and he says there's just nothing like the European football is there you yeah. know and there really isn't mm. no you're pitting your wits against you know clubs at a level of your own and better as well and and you know tactically it's a real challenge for the Irish coaches as well so on they go and listening to everything you had to say there and repeat your commentary on the line with us is the general manager of Dundalk Martin Connolly afternoon Martin Hello, Jerry. How are you? How's things? I'm good. Another man, uh, maybe a little bleary-eyed after last evening as well. Well, you're in the clover. You're in the money again, Martin. Um, well, th- th- to be fair, th- th- that's something that's just put out in the press. I think a wee bit, Jerry. We're not we're not really concentrating on that at the moment. We're concentrating on the football. Uh, another big sporting event coming to the dock next week. Uh, a lot of organisation and a lot of a lot of stuff has to be arranged for it. The UEFA will be in town and. 
to be honest with you, we're, we're, we're concentrating on that at the moment. Now, Carabag uh, come calling next Wednesday. And just to clarify that, there seemed to be a, a little m- m- misnomer this morning that it might be Tuesday. It is Wednesday, the home tie next week, and the following Wednesday, 31st, in Baku, yes. Yeah, that's right. Both games on Wednesday, Jerry. Yeah, um, seven forty-five kickoff next Wednesday, and then we go to uh, Baku the following Wednesday. Yeah. Now, f- from your perspective, do you li- liaise with Carabag? Have they been on to you already, or will you be on to them imminently? Looking for you know training facilities. Do you have to make arrangements for them on this side? Well, Jerry, you're not going to believe this. Carabag were in town two weeks ago before the Riga game and checking us out and checked out the facilities and checked out. We 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 um, we, uh, we spoke with them then and and um, so they're very well organised. You expect that from the top end of, of Champions League teams and they've qualified for the group stages for the last five years and 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 um, it's not by any accident that 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 they've done that, you know. Mm, so they're well ahead of the posse at this stage. What about from your perspective? You face a, a real long journey. It's one of the longest trips you'll have to make in a European competition yeah listen um, the, the, it's alright for Adrian Taff I was with Adrian for a while last night and he was running around doing his interviews and that and I was on the phone trying to um, get the ball rolling on flights and where are we going to be staying and you know listen Jerry and, and without being boastful about it we're not bad at it now we've done it we've done it uh, at the high level for the last number of years and, and um, you do get better with experience thankfully and and um, um, we we be prepared anyway. Mm. The Champions League second qualifying round. Uh, beyond this, or do you look beyond this? You just take it one at a time, as you have been doing, as you say, from your experience as well. You look at this tie and see what you can do. It is a big challenge, and I want to say that again. You did mention it there. They have a great pedigree at home in their own league and cups, and in Europe as well. These are seasoned uh, pros, and they have very very good players. But that won't phase Dundalk. No, listen. As I say, we, we've we're, we're used to European experience and, and, and European nights. And, and um, I would say for anybody that's going to be in Dundalk next week, that uh, Carabag are probably as good or as good of an opponent that's coming to, to, to town over the last five six years. Um, I know Vinny will be well prepared. Stephen O'Donnell was actually in Azerbaijan last night watching him. So um, you know um, we can't do much more and. We'll have our homework done and we'll do the best we can. So you're making your arrangements well in advance. Also, what about the other story from last night? The penalty drama was something else. But there was drama nearer to home for Michael Duffy and his partner, Emily. Yeah, listen, it's been... I, I, I think there's been more than two people in that relationship over the last couple of days, to be honest. Um, but, but we're delighted for, for, for Michael and we're delighted for Emily. And... and um, Hopefully he'll be available the next week and, and, and help us out then. You're not talking about the baby there, no. It's, it's Michael you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully he'll be available next week. He hasn't got another yeah, child on the way, Martin, has he? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I, I've, le- I've learned, Adrian, it's, 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 don't, don't plan too far ahead in these, for, for these things now. No. <laughs> anyway, they had a baby boy and we say congratulations yeah. to Michael Duffy and his partner Emily as well and all is well with them. But that happened during extra time. So the drama was happening on the Labour Wards here and also out in Riga as well. You fantastic support I want to say with you last night great turnout uh, of travelling fans uh, Martin yeah I would I would uh, I, I would say we had about 350 supporters there you know and and 
it was a good couple of days, you know, and and, and they they seen a wee bit of Regan, and uh, we had a bit of fun, and and the results went our way. But we expect nothing else from from um, um, Dundalk supporters. They travel everywhere for us, and and uh, anybody in League of Ireland circles will tell you, even away games now, we've a tremendous support goes to all our games, and we're very grateful for them, and we appreciate everything they do for us. And you better appreciate Geraldine Bond because last night, Geraldine, she's just been on to us to say, to tell you, Martin Connolly, that she had the rosary beads worn out. She was praying on her knees as the shootout was happening and she she's delighted that our prayers <laughs> yielded a wonderful result for the Lillywhites. Thank you, Geraldine. Good to hear from you. There you are. The Lord above is even with Dundalk. Tell me this. We, we, we'll, take, we'll take from the help, help from wherever quarters will come, Jerry. You know, we don't mind. <laughs> Absolutely. Martin, just stay there because we have... I talked about the great support you had out there last night and on the line we have Sam Hanks and we heard from Sam yesterday. Adrian caught up with him in Riga. Afternoon, Sam. Good afternoon, Jerry. Hey, boy, you nearly caused consternation, I believe, in Riga last night. What happened to you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I missed a missed bag. <laughs> it like that. I left the bag on the bus, and um, when I came back to the bus after the match, it was gone. But the most important thing was the passport was in the bag. Oh. So I could go nowhere, and I... It, we, they sent back word to the bus people to look for the bag, and there was no bag on the bus. Blah blah blah. So we got to check in, and of course I was I was last naturally enough because no passport, and I couldn't get out. And I think I was within a minute of being told, "Sorry, you're staying here," until the phone rang beside me, and it was a courier, and she just turned around and said, "By the way, we found your bag." <laughs> Oh, under a seat. Oh, <laughs> Lord. So it turned up at the last minute. At the last minute. I was holding up for everything, <laughs> literally, at that stage. Right, <laughs> and the whole work. Oh, Sam, I'm delighted it worked out well for you. It would have been a terror to have to sit back. Yeah, you would have got home, yeah. I know, eventually, but it would have been messy, I know, uh, oh, for I yourself. Know, yeah, yeah. But here, tell me this. The, the penalty shootout. Did you watch, you know, you know that final kick when Sean Hoare came up? And yeah. were, were, you, were you able to watch just about, <laughs> just about. You know, you, you're there and you're watching the game and you're saying, who scored the last penalty or what way is it now? You know, and then all of a sudden you realise that if the ball goes in, that's it. And it did. And it was great. And for the two people, like, for, for Sean to score the final penalty and for our keeper to perform miracles in the goals, you know, saving two of them yeah. earlier. Gary comes in for a bit of stick sometimes, you know, from different people. And, but by God, he was great last night. Yeah, he's a great shot stopper. That's one thing he's oh, always no been yeah, no in his career. He really is, and like he has all the years' experience behind him. So, listen, you made the trip to Riga. Is Baku a little far for you, Sam? <laughs> well, I'm going to sit down at home and negotiate something. I don't know. My <laughs> <laughs> wife didn't hear this now yet. So. <laughs> Can I tell you? I listened to the ads here, and just to let you know, Dundalk Credit Union are, would like to talk to you. I can't be going everybody we said I'm Jerry every second week it is now let me tell you a little story Jerry we were on a, on a, on a walking tour Adrian was with us actually on us going around Riga the other day and showing us all lovely buildings in the place lovely buildings and uh, different churches of uh, other denominations and so at the end of it we went into this particular one <coughs> and we sat in the back a few of us and a few of us went round and lit 
a couple of candles in a corner. So I don't know what God it was, whether it was a Latvian God or an Irish God or whoever. But I'm going to light more candles than I ever done I hope you don't have to fly to Riga to light the candles. <laughs> Adrian, you 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 didn't come into the church. <laughs> That's right. I started burning up. <laughs> Martin, Martin, Martin won. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, uh, the, the boys were lighting the candles on Tuesday, and that was so that Michael Duffy would appear somehow or other before for the game. Oh, well, they completely wasted their money. Let me tell you. So. <laughs> oh no, no, not at all. The baby appeared. <laughs> You're all right. They walked in another sense. <laughs> Yeah, for, for, yeah. for Michael and his partner as well but Sam I, I, I was listening to you yesterday and you, you, you're a man who's followed Dundalk all his life and you've yeah, seen yeah, the yeah. best at times and the most difficult times as well I heard you talking about all this and you mentioned yeah. the Fox team going back to the late yeah. 60s as well but come on this era is just something else isn't it with oh, this it is, side it is there's no doubt about it like uh, uh, the Fox era was great but we weren't in Europe <laughs> mm. as often as we are for the past five, six years you know yeah it's excellent. It's an excellent run, uh, and and it's all due down to the people before who who looked after the club, like the the fast six lads, and, and now the the, the peak six people coming in. You know, yeah. So um, here's hoping we we we, we go. I, I don't know much about this team. They're supposed to be first class side, mm. but we 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 will give them a fair go. Absolutely. They won't what they won't fancy coming to Oriel. I'm telling you, I know that'll be a tough night for them down there next Wednesday. Packed crowd, partisan, very few travelling with them, I, you can be sure as well. Everyone in the country behind Dundalk as well. So please God, it can yield the result that, you know, Dundalk can go uh, this big journey the following Wednesday with a real chance of going through to the third qualifying round, which would be unbelievable if it would make it past this crowd. Sam, I'll let you go for the minute. I want Martin to stay with you. Thank you so much. So much for you. and mind that passport, Sam. <laughs> You're better than you are. Thanks indeed, Sam. Nice to talk to you, Martin. Just back to you uh, 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 again. You knew actually this was pre-drawn, didn't you? You knew the possibility was there that you were going to uh, Baku for this tie as well. Um, it could have fallen a little kinder for you. Ah, yeah, I could. But listen, Jerry, we're in the past. You don't know what's going to come out of it, yeah. and 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 you have to take the good with the bad. The other thing, the other side is that if, we knew that if if we lost last night, we would have played the, the losers of Bate and and the Polish side in the Europa League. You know, so uh, mm. um, at this level, Jerry, we're not going to be too choosy. Yeah, yeah. We just you just get on with it, you know. And, and like it's a great story from Sam, but it's not great. It wasn't great last night when you were living it, and, and you only had the drama of the penalties and Michael Duffy. I had the Sam Hanks' passport to worry about as well. So, you know. You're a man of many talents, looking after yeah. the whole Dundalk family. Let's listen for a minute uh, to Vinnie Perth after last night's game, and I think this will bring it home to everybody what it means to him and everybody else associated with the team. Here's Vinnie Perth after the match. Ended up very emotional, don't know why. I suppose um, as a staff we probably uh, have been questioned because, you know, there was a big change in the club and um, sort of that emotion comes out sometimes and um, 
we, we although I kept it quiet, but we probably felt felt a little bit of pressure internally. Um, I must must put it on the record that I met um, the owner of P6 last week and just an inspiring man, and he filled me and all the staff with confidence. And there was certainly no fear of anything, any way, shape, or form about tonight. It was just a wonderful, wonderful meeting. And I just want to, you know, sometimes a club gets knocked. I want to say our club is in unbelievable hands with the man I met. And uh, but on top of that, um, personally. Myself, John Rory, probably did feel a little bit of pressure to, to, to go and win a game and stay in Europe. And now all we've done is given ourselves a real chance to stay in Europe a little bit longer. We play six European games this year. And um, look, we, and, and again, our focus is the, is, is the league, obviously. Um, but um, it's just a wonderful night for the club. Um, and yes, um, I, I found that very emotional tonight and just one of them moments. God, you can really pick it up there, Martin, with him, can't you? How much it means. He's a long time with the club. He's been there with Stephen beforehand, but he's sort of his own man now, and last night's victory wasn't lost in him. Yeah, listen, Vinny, Vinny I think people forget Vinny played with us as well for a year or two near the end of his career. And, uh, from from a club point of view, I, I, a couple of things, Jerry. I just think that uh, the, the job that he's done uh, has been under underestimated by, by the soccer community in the country, definitely not by us here in Dundalk. You know, he had very, very, very big shoes to fill and, and he's done it in an admirable, admirable way. He's, he's a really good guy. He's really shown that he, he can fill that role. And, and uh, I think Adrian would, would agree. You could see the emotion in him last night. But, you know, he's, he, he's now part of the town and he gets it and, and that's very important. But the other thing I'd like to say, Jerry, is um, I know the soccer community in Ireland has been slayed lately and quite rightly so, in my opinion. But um, last night it was great to get so many text messages and of congratulations from everybody around the league. People have followed with other clubs. Really, really great. Oh, yeah. Look, at the, the clubs are a big community and the FAI issue is, is one for another day. Today we celebrate Dundalk's win in the Champions League and representing the country as well and moving on. And that is a great credit. There are bigger fish to fry and we'll be talking about that, I'm sure, plenty over the coming days with EGMs and AGMs coming up and all that ensues there. But we park that for the moment. Martin, yeah. good luck to you next week. No arrangements yet. Nothing uh, on the home game, tickets, that type of thing. No, no, no. no. We're, we're, we're working on it at the moment. And, and we'll be, uh, when we have everything sorted, we'll announce it. But uh, as, as you can appreciate, Jerry, it's a very quick turnover so we have to get everything uh, moving as quick as we can you know lovely Martin thank you so much for joining me thanks to Sam Hanks and Adrian Taff has the passport ready yes Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sam Hanks is not in charge of my passport. <laughs> Absolutely I can tell you that. not. Anyway, first up next Wednesday, Oriel Park again for the first leg against Carabag, and then the following week, uh, a, a long way from home for the second leg. But that will unfold in due course, and we'll be with it all the way here on LMFM Radio. To Martin, Adrian, and Sam, thank you so much indeed, and well done. Congratulations again to Dundalk Football Club. We have a lovely story for you now on Late Lunch. Fiona Larkin joins me on the line. Afternoon, Fiona. Good afternoon, Jerry. How are you? I am very good and I'm sure when listeners hear what you're going to tell me in the next few minutes, they're going to be uplifted. It's great news all the way today at Late Lunch with Dundalk and now it's you. But look, <laughs> it could have been different. Tell us the story. You were in Black Rock Village just outside Dundalk with your dad and sister. We were, yes. We took Dad out for the day because he's had a bit of a hard time from Christmas. He had a bit of a heart, he had a massive heart attack. And he was 
we're doing great back up on his feet and over recent months we've been getting him out and about so he loves to get out and he loves to get to Black Rock that's where he used to take us as children Black Rock and Betty's Town was our two places so I had said that over the uh, July fortnight that we'd get down so we took Saturday the lovely sunshine was out and off we went and he had we had ice cream and we had a glass of Guinness and then unfortunately he took a bad turn and um, he went into what we believed was a cardiac arrest. Um, we were very lucky that we started shouting for help and there was a lot of people came running over. There was a lovely lady came over and helped me to lower him to the ground. And then another lady came over and said, I'm a nurse. Uh, a lady called Alice. And Alice started, she was looking after him, feeling for his pulse, talking away to him. And she then said to us, your father's going into a cardiac arrest. She started CPR and she managed to get him back. <laughs> so Terrific. This yeah. is just amazing, amazing, amazing yeah. what happened. And, and I have to tell you, her name is Alice Challoner and she's uh, she's a midwife and uh, she just happened to be there in the right place at the right time and of course lots of other people helped but she was the lady who administered CPR and they did go for a defibrillator as well didn't they somebody went went to get that you know what Jerry there were so many people and obviously it was our father and we were a bit emotional at the time but we had two children with us my son and my niece and my sister was there so there was people that took the children down a wee bit so they couldn't see as much as we were seeing. There was people ran for the defibrillator. There was a man came out of the bookies and he rang the ambulance. There was a lady helped me to lower dad to the ground at the time so he wouldn't hurt himself. Um, everybody stopped. There was people walking their dogs. They stopped to see did we need water. Was anything required? You know, everybody was just so nice. And everybody made it so, so much calmer than it probably could have been. Uh, for us and for the kids, you know, which was yes. great, and for, especially for Dad, you know. Yeah, and your dad is Francie McClory. He's 85 years young and he's from Newry and County Down and he's a frequent visitor, as you said, to Black Rock just outside sure. Dundalk. Yeah, and, and no doubt he'll be back to get Alice that's, yes. a of ice cream and a big pot of tea. <laughs> hey, listen, I want to say something to you. You mentioned there an ice cream and a glass of Guinness. I never heard of that combination before. <laughs> well, we had the ice cream and Daddy had the glass of Guinness. I see. We, we, we should have swapped Yes, possibly, possibly. But anyway, uh, uh, Alice Challoner, we want to say today, well done to you, Alice. And we want to acknowledge uh, the wonderful uh, job you did to get revive Francie, keep him uh, uh, going. And then, of course, the professionals arrived. Not that Alice is a professional, of course, but Alice, Alice is our hero. Yes. And, you know, we've a massive big thanks. We can't wait to meet her again and surprise her someday. And, you know, everybody was so good. The people of Black Rock, uh, the paramedics that came so quickly and then the staff of Drawed Hospital. Everybody has been wonderful. And without them, our last memory would have been of Daddy on that footpath. And thanks to them, it's not. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Yes, I see you do pick out uh, the staff at Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital in Drawhada yeah. for the care they've taken of him since, he be, since he's been in. Now, he's, he's out and he's home. How's he doing? He's out and he's home and Boston is around his one. <laughs> That's what daddies do. You know that, Fiona. I'm planning another trip, but it'll not be with me. (laughs) 
didn't well. And didn't well. Listen, you have some story to tell and some experience to add to your life story now with all of this. I know. I know. Another one. Well, you know what? We appreciate and we appreciate Louise getting in contact with us and all. It was brilliant. And social media was brilliant. The amount of shares. I think we had over 1,500 shares for the to try and find Alice. And uh, Alice came to visit Daddy because she didn't seen the post. Her daughter found it. And she came to visit him. And it was a very emotional scene. And I, uh, you know... Just amazing that she did that. We're so thankful for her and thankful to everybody. So it's uh, lovely. And thanks for having us on here today, Jerry. It's lovely to give back good news rather than always being bad news, publicity about places. So great, great story to tell and we appreciate everybody. Ah, listen, you are a star. Thank you, Fiona, for joining me. And we wish your dad, Francie McClory, uh, good health and a, a full recovery. And thank you for joining me to tell the story today. Thanks a lot, Jerry. Take bye-bye. care of yourself. Bye-bye, bye-bye. That's Fiona Larkin there. And uh, it is good to hear real good news, isn't it? It is. It makes a change. Now, let me tell you, the competition. Yes, you know, we have one all week because to coincide with the Open Championship, it began today. I'm going tomorrow. Can't wait to Portrush. Halbany Golf M1 Retail Park, Drogheda, have given us some lovely prizes. And don't forget, Bobby and David, they're standing by in Halbany Golf M1 Retail Park on the north side of Drogheda to look after you. Do you want clubs, bags, golf balls, trolleys, shoes, GPS, clothing, anything to do with golf? Bobby and David will help you. Tell them you heard it here on LMFM and they really will look after you. Today's prize, listen, it's a four ball for Neuromore Golf Club. The beautiful Neuromore Golf Club in South County Monaghan. A four ball, four people, you and three others to go and play there. Three clues. So today I'm asking, when was it? I'm looking for a year. When was it? First clue. I bridged a gap of 60 years from an Irish perspective in this year. I bridged a gap of 60 years from an Irish perspective in this year. Two more clues to come. Stay tuned to Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Heading to news and weather at two. And after the break, we'll be joined by the first woman to be assigned as a Garda in County Meath. Second clue in the Halpenny Golf Competition for a four ball in the Neuromore. And answers please to 086-1800-658. That's 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Here's the second clue. Carnoustie was where I lifted my first claret jug. What a year. I'm looking for the year. Carnoustie was where I lifted my first claret jug. What a year. I'm looking for the year. So think about that one. Second clue. One more clue to come. Now, June 5th, 1981. Do you remember the day? I remember it, I have to say. I'm sure there are many people listening today do. It was a milestone in me because, you see, Aileen Ferguson became the first Bangarner ever to be stationed in the Royal County. And guess what? She's stationed in the interview chair on late lunch this afternoon. Aileen, you're welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Jerry. Thank you for joining me. Let's go back before we get to your coming to County Meath. Um, where are you from originally, Aileen? I'm originally from Dublin. Right. And you had your Garda on your mind as you went through school and were thinking about where am I going to go with my life or career? I had actually from, I suppose I was around eight or nine, I used to go down to Tipperary on my holidays to my aunt and uncle who lived in Templemore. So one of my favourite walks was up to the Garda Depot (laughs) to see them all marching. So that was really the start of it. 
So no, that sort that of really tweaked your yeah, interest in it. Yeah. But but you you went another route initially. You were working before you considered the Gardaí, yes? I was working, but I had applied for the guards, but I was an eighth of an inch short. Ah, <laughs> oh, no. So I had to wait for two years. And did you yeah. grow in two years or did you stretch? Oh, I or did, did they of stretch course you? I did. <laughs> <laughs> but the first time, you, there's obviously an assessment involved with this. So the first time you went, did your height deny you joining? Yes, we did the exam first and then you were brought for a medical up to the surgeon in the depot. And uh, of course, measurement height-wise was one of the things you had to do. And he told me I was an eighth of an inch short. What what height had you to be to you get in? You had to be five foot five. And you were just a smidgen short. You're just a smidgen, yeah. So yeah. that was a no at that stage? No, a no. Definitely. Were you disappointed? I was, yeah. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> 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 After going through all that stress of the strain. <laughs> and then this one eighth of an inch denies you. So th- there's a wee story about how you actually made the height when you went again. You didn't have to do the the, the tests or anything like that again. No, did I didn't no. have to do the tests again, but I plagued them for the two years. Did you? <laughs> I did. <laughs> and uh, eventually they called myself and another girl, Mary McLaughlin, back for uh, to be measured again. And she, I think, I don't know what she was. She was a little bit short as well. But um, we went up and the matron, as it was then in, in the depot hospital, uh, she brought us into her private quarters and she had us lying on the floor. And, and before we went into the surgeon, she actually had us hanging from the jam of the door. The door. And I think back of it, God almighty. <laughs> So I went in anyway and he measured and he said, you've grown in the two years. <laughs> I love it. So the jam of the, the, jam door, of the door and getting a bit of a stretch. Yeah, yeah. She said you're at your, your highest first thing in the morning. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So the rest is history. The you made the, the height yeah, and yeah. you're in. So what happened from there? That was uh, late 1980 into early 1981. Yeah, was we it? actually went down to Templemore New Year's Eve um, 1980 and it shows you how times have changed uh, we had to be in bed for 11 they wouldn't even let us stay up to ring in the new year oh no <laughs> yeah god looking back um, yeah and then in June then 1981 we got our station so I originally was supposed to go to Navan but the super, the then superintendent decided no females in this station ah <laughs> oh, Amy you're cutting <laughs> so me. I was thrown down to Kells <laughs> And I was on the bus actually heading for Kells and uh, it stopped in Kilmainham outside and I thought that was Kells. <laughs> Clue. And uh, I was saying to myself, my God almighty, what am I coming to? But it wasn't like it was only the out- outside of Kells. Into the metropolis you the went metropolis, then. Yeah. <laughs> you knew yeah. where you were going to be. Do you remember walking in? Did you know that you were making history the first woman? Uh, we kind of did because our group, there was 140 went down to Templemore then, 40 were girls. So that was the first big influx of females. So we kind of knew, you know, we were we were kind of making history in some counties. Like there were some in Loud, you know, when we arrived, but um, there was none in Mead at that stage. So uh, thankfully Kells took me in <laughs> and I was put on to Unit A and I have to say Dan Callahan, Paddy O'Rourke and John Martin took me under their wing and between them and their their wives and families they were brilliant. They, they really so you were accepted me. in, yeah. there were no issues and at all? There was a few I'd say, I, I can imagine what was said behind closed doors, I would have liked yeah. been a fly on the wall mm. with some people but uh, look at what you saw is what you got with me and I was well able to 
fight my own corner. Yeah. <laughs> Back to Temple Moor for a second. I'm sure it was quite rigid down there as well. It was se- naturally separate quarters for the girls and the boys down there. Oh, and that yes. was, yeah. you know, yeah. they sank though. There was no way yeah. around that. That was just it. It was strict, was it? It was, it was quite strict, especially with the girls. We had a sergeant there. Funny, I met her in Farmley last week. Um, she stayed in the block with us and locked us in at night time um, in case we climbed out the windows or something. <laughs> but uh, no, they were they were quite strict, yeah, quite strict. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I actually said to her last week, um, Phyllis, do you remember uh, I was only two days in Temple Moor and you marched me over to the chief super and she said, why was that in? I refused to march to Mass. <laughs> and she reported me. <laughs> What a start, Aileen. <laughs> Two days there. You like, could have been out and of And everyone's ear. telling me you're going to be thrown out. You're going to be sacked. <laughs> but, um, yeah, poor chief superintendent nearly had a heart attack. <laughs> but anyway, you made your way through Templemore and yeah. you're assigned to Kells. Different times, like 81. Oh, they, were. they were. I mean, I remember my first day in the beat. I was with a guy called Eugene Comiskey and we were walking down Newmarket Street and as this chap going down on his bicycle, he literally nearly fell off the bike. I, I think he thought he was seeing things. He thought it maybe it was a male guard in a skirt or something. I don't know. But uh, And then if I was on the beat, I'd have fellas wa- walking behind me, following me around the place, you know. <laughs> and you'd have some bold people in a patrol car whistling down the radio and it would come out on my radio. Oh, you know? the terrible. things that went, yeah. went, went innocent, on. Innocent, innocent. Innocent. The other thing at that stage, you were confined to wearing a skirt in the early days, yes? You were, yeah. Yeah. How would you run or chase anyone? Did you have to do that? I tried not to. <laughs> Still try not to. But uh, I know there wasn't really that much running, I suppose. They yeah. were awkward, though. You're getting in and out of cars or yeah. awkward or yeah. you had to climb over walls. When did the trousers come in? Was it long I after? I can't remember the year, but I don't think it was too long after we joined yeah. they came in. Yeah. I think... Uh, may I say this? I think women guardy look really smart in the in the in the uniform with the trousers. They as do, well. yeah, yeah. You know, and no disrespect, yeah. to scared that yeah. much smarter. To be yeah, honest, that's my just a personal view there. Um, so, you, Kells is where you're based. Is that where you spent all of your career? In, in well, the I was based in Kells, but in those days, um, if we were if a girl was needed in Drogheda or Dundalk or RD or Westmead, or we could we could literally end up, you know, working in different stations depending what we were needed for mm. but then as more girls came into divisions it was great kind of eased the pressure yeah yeah um, 81 uh, you stayed in the force for how many years were you, were you 22 years yeah yeah. And you retired in what year? in medical grounds on medical grounds in 2003 okay in that time, even in that period of time, you know, and when you think back then, you had, of course, the troubles in full flight up, mm. you know, and, and, and you didn't go unaffected, I'm sure, in no. your area with this no. as well, being close to the border and, you know, you had uh, the armed raids and things like this. It wasn't easy either. You know, I mean, it was different times, but there were different challenges. There were there were different challenges, I suppose, yeah. You know, uh, as I say, we were brought to di- various different places. It wasn't just me that we worked in. So, mm. you know, at times it was a bit worrying, I suppose. Mm. But we were young then and we were, fe- I suppose, in a way, a bit fearless. You know, you just didn't think of these things. Did more women then join? Did you, as you said there, you yeah. said there were more female colleagues. More and female. That, there was a yeah. flow then of there women was, into yeah. the force at yeah. that stage. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I think there's been a steady flow. Mm. Like uh, I was very impressed last week up in Farmley to see so many women in uniform, sergeants, inspectors, superintendents. It's brilliant. It's yeah, they really have made their yeah. way up yeah. to senior positions yeah. in the force and long may that continue. Of course, the case of Magella Moynihan, as you know, has made the news. I don't think, well, she didn't go to Farmley, did she, last week for the... No, no. no. But that case is, a, when, when you look at it today, it looks yeah. absolutely shocking, doesn't it? Yeah, shocking, but they were different times. I mean, you know... I myself, I actually just thought of this the other day. Um, I suppose I was a trailblazer in some areas, but in those days, Catholics and Protestants didn't really, you know, mix or marry. I married a Protestant from the north and actually uh, somebody from Kells went into the sergeant and asked him to get the wedding stopped because I was I was supposed to be pregnant because I was marrying a Protestant from the north. In those, that's in 1982. You know, which was crazy. I, we were just talking about this the other day. It was mad times. Like now, I wasn't told that for a few years. The sergeant knew. He's, if he told me, I'd probably go mad. But uh, yeah, that's the way it was. Crazy times. It's hard for people today to realise that to, now. Yes, yeah. Aileen, to yeah. understand. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, the issues you had. Yeah. Yeah. And that's shocking as oh, well. Oh, it's dreadful. Like to to look back. I'm I'm glad I stood my ground and went ahead. And of course. You know, but that's what was happening. I feel very sorry for Magellan. She's probably mm. one of many. Mm. Um, when you think about today and look at today in Ireland where, you know, you'd know from when you start, if there was a murder in Ireland, my God, mm. it was the exception, it, it the was, wild yes. exception, really. Yes, yeah. Today, look, yeah. Aileen, every other day, these gangs and crime and drugs and life seems to be just cheap. So, society seems to have just... I don't know whether it's gone more violent or whether just become immune to it or something. I don't know. But I mean, I was just thinking there downstairs, like at the very beginning, um, given the nature of some of the cases that I dealt with, I set up a victim support um, group yes. in Kells. And it was mainly for victims of abuse then because there really was nothing for them. And then as a follow on for my work with Jack Keaveney and Victim Support Nationwide, Mead Victim Support was set up. And I suppose that's one of the proudest things I, I can say of my time in the guards was that I was there at the beginning of, of the Mead, the setting mm. up of Mead mm. Victim Support. But I mean, I don't know, it, it has gone very violent. It is worrying. It's very, Life very worrying. Isn't isn't it? to and that brings me to two questions I was, uh, I want to put to you today when you're with me. Where do you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
stand on this thing of arming the force? You know, it's something that has been resisted and resisted. Now, of course, there are armed units, of course. Yeah. We see them. There are plenty of them around Rada at the moment for good reason. Yeah. Uh, but, but would it not be better, like in most other countries, to arm the police? I don't know. I think it has been a source of pride within the guards, you know, that it has always been an unarmed force. Personally, I would not like to see them armed. No. Still, that's Still, your view. Yeah, personally, because I think, you know, 99% of people are decent, you know, and it would, it would just change, I think, the whole nature of the force and the way people perceive them and maybe their interaction even with, with the public. That's my personal opinion. I would not like to see I them suppose, Aileen, it's that 1% that everybody else worries yeah, about that have no scruples yes, or no yeah, care or would just yeah. do anything, really. The mm. other thing is, from a woman's perspective, and you are a woman, I saw two young Bangardi having to deal with a situation, and in fact it was with another woman in, in, in the last while. My God, they took some abuse from that person yeah, before they managed to arrest her, handcuff that, her and put her into a car. Yeah, but I suppose the male colleagues, you know, are de- equally dealing with similar situations, you know. Mm. Mm, it's not easy. It certainly isn't. I have a history making woman with me on late lunch this afternoon. Yes, she was the first woman to be assigned as a guard at County Meath. Aileen Ferguson is with me. Now, you have many strings to your bow. You mentioned the, the victim support, which is now a nationwide initiative and fantastic it is. But you're synonymous as well, Aileen, with Kells Road Races. Now, you are not directly involved anymore. No, I retired this year. Ah, how many years did you do? Um, since 1992. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you. I'm not going to count up the years. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. it's a long stint yeah. as well. You know, 27 years uh, involved there. Um, you had a very successful races in June of this year. That's right. Thank goodness. Yes. Mm. It's a sport that there's dangers inherent with it, isn't it? With the yeah. nature of it and the speed. Yeah, it is. It is a high risk sport, um, given the nature of the speed. But, you know, so many different sports are, are dangerous as well. You know, we, we, we seem to go down the road of, of justifying road racing when, when there's a tragedy. But, I mean, for the amount of times that happens, it, it's very minimal, thank goodness, mm. you know. Over the years in Kells, what, two tragedies, was it? We had two tragedies yeah. and, and actually their um, anniversary yesterday was Stephen Larkin's anniversary and today is Pori Campbell's. Oh. So we're thinking of those families. Oh, we do remember yeah. them today because I know Stephen, you mentioned there, Stephen Larkin and, and again to say Pori Campbell was the other, 20, 2009 Pori Campbell, 2010, Stephen. Stephen Stephen's, uh, Stephen's family, Stephen Larkin's family, still, they come down to the races, don't they? They do. Actually, I met them in Kells yesterday we meet up every year oh, for the anniversary and for a cup of coffee right, and a chat yeah, and yeah. lovely people mm. father, his father raced and his brother raced as well mm. so. it's in the genes of people who do this when, when you think of the Dunlops and yeah. the tragedies they've yeah. had you know and the yeah. great Joey of course we still remember yeah. him and the wonderful man he was as well yeah. but there's something in it that just pulls people to it yeah isn't it's it? very hard to explain like my brother-in-law raced and my nephew and my nephew was killed racing you know and we still set up the club in 1992 and we've been very much involved over the years in promoting the Cal's races but helping out nationwide at every other race you know um, it, it, people say it sounds corny that it's like a big family but in actual fact it is the it's great support insurance yeah. end of things and, and getting support to run an event like that is that is that a challenge all the time to, to you know be able to pay the insurance and get the support you need yeah, financially well, it, definitely over the years it was a big challenge and insurance took a huge hike after 2016 um, we were unfortunate two years in a row to have really bad weather which 
really kiboshed our financial situation. But thankfully this year, um, Kells was back with a bang and it was great. Shane's been on to say she's an amazing woman, Jerry. Will you congratulate her on a wonderful career? And don't underestimate what Aileen has done Uh, during her time uh, with the Gardaí. She did things, Jerry, that will assist people in the years and decades ahead. Thank you indeed, Shane, for that lovely comment uh, this afternoon. That's lovely. Thank you very much, Shane. You're welcome. let me just remind people as well about Farmley because you were at Farmley recently and this was the occasion at Farmley where uh, the history of women in the Gardaí was acknowledged. Yes, yes they were celebrating the 60th anniversary of the first females um, to join the, the Guards and thankfully there were six of the original 12 members still there. Brilliant. Mm. And you met, as you told us earlier on, people you knew through yeah. your career that first, second day, was it, <laughs> yeah. in Templemore as well. <laughs> that lady, wasn't that amazing all these years mm. later? But it's not, that was your third visit to family. Yes, um, we we also had a launch up there for the Kells Road Races with the Armoy Club uh, several years ago. And then um, we were brought up for a presentation for the Leading Lights, uh, which was promotion of um, road safety, so... Delighted that Gay Byrne presented. He was there. He He was was the head of the road safety and in his capacity as that he presented you as well. And he was aware of the Cowles race. Was he? He was, yes. Yeah, Yeah. that's really nice, isn't it? It's a lovely place, isn't it, to go. It is a beautiful house. Yeah, it is. And celebrate. Advise anyone to go. Yeah, and they use it really brilliantly for events like you, you, you talk about there. Today, 2019. Would you like to be starting out again, heading for Templemore, heading into the force? You mentioned there are so many young women now who've made their way through the force and many been recruited as we speak. Um, it's changed times, definitely. I don't know whether I'd like to start all over again, but saying that um, I'm, I, because of my job, I met some really wonderful people, you know, and I've kept in contact with a lot of them to this day. So the guards were, have, were very good to me and my family. So, you know, maybe. <laughs> yeah. And, and the aspect, you know, of uh, th- that community policing or knowing people, it's got more difficult. You know, look at Kells, how it's grown. Look Kells at the town been. you're in today, Dundalk, yeah. Navin, yeah. all over the northeast here, big urban centres, people coming from all over the world. It makes, you know, what you would have known as yeah. the, the, the key to policing yeah. a bit more difficult. Yes, and, and that's probably what I missed most when I retired. Uh, I loved the interaction with the, with the with the people, with the the groups, with the schools. And then I was very involved with the Girl Guide, so I ran a brownie and a ladybird group in Kells as well. So I missed kind of that interaction when I retired. But it took a lot of people a long time to realise I was t- retired when I walked up the town. <laughs> you were still getting the shouts, were you? Hey, shouts. come here, I tell you, I have something to report to you. <laughs> yeah. Once a guard, always a guard. You know that yourself. Carol Morris has been on to say, you know, Carol Morris, say hi, Aileen, delighted (laughs) and congratulations on your career and everything you've done. Thanks, Carol, for getting in touch with us today. Look, it is wonderful to meet you. You are a history maker. You've contributed so much to, I know, beyond your job as a guard in Kells to the wider community. You mentioned a lot of it there. And I wish you many more years of happiness and success and involvement in your community where you live. Thanks for joining me today, Aileen. Thanks, Jerry. And could I just say, I want to thank the people of Kells for taking me under their wing and inviting me into their homes. Many a cup of tea I had there. And I better say a big shout out to my daughter, Emma, and my grandson, Callum, or I'll be the worst Oh, for sure. And one last thing. I want to say one last thing. (laughs) 
Do you still cheer for the dubs? Oh, of course I do. <gasps> oh, she'll never lose that. God, you're on some run with that crowd at the moment. Anyway, Aileen, thank you for joining me on thank Late Lunch today. It's been a real pleasure. Final clue for the Halpenny Golf Four Ball for the Newmore Golf Club today. That's the prize. Here's the final clue. When was it? I'm looking for a year. When was it? I finished up seven under. Now there's a clue to the year. I finished up seven under. Now there's a clue to the year. Answers to 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. I'm surrounded by rosés. No, I, I did say that right. Not roses. Rosés. Because, yes, he is one of our most valued regulars. Rick Cronjay is with us on Late Lunch. Rick, good to see you again. You too, Jerry. Thank you. And it is summertime, and what better yes. to talk about on our regular wine feature today but the rosé. Now, yes. Rick, a lot of people have it in their minds, an impression. Rosé, it's a summer drink. Yes. What do you say to that? Yes. No. <laughs> no. I sort of expected that. No. No, no, no not at all, Jerry. <laughs> wine, any wine, is to be enjoyed whenever you want to and i would if if people are looking for some sort of justification not that they should be to enjoy their wine it should be the occasion be it just to relax be it for uh, a meal that's what you're looking for so every night is friday night (laughs) it can be in rick's house it is Uh, so it's all year round it can be an aperitif Mm. or uh, matched with a range of foods yes absolutely jerry and you're quite right we we seem to think it's just a summer drink there is of course it is uh, in uh, you know seasonal depending whether it's north or southern hemisphere but i mean it's available all year absolutely Mm. Absolutely. and you can of course get it it maybe still you'll see a sparkling version of yes. this and some people don't actually turn their attention all to the champagne version Not that can all. be really good brilliant brilliant absolutely brilliant jerry um and uh, i know one of the champagnes i can't remember offhand but i, I if you had 170 euro the bottle is yours now it was a 2006 yes champagne Absolutely. So it class, is one to class. look at there as well. Yes. It can be dry, which, you know, is Provence, yeah. right through to the, the sweetest rosé. Yes, yes, which will probably, I, I would say that certainly in Ireland that available to us will be your Californian wines. The Zinfandels. Zinfandels, yes. white or red Zinfandel or your Grenache. Okay. You know. So a wide yeah. spectrum there. Absolutely. How, well, in terms of world production, yes. just to, to context it, how much yeah. does rosé account for? Still only about 5%, you know. No, mm. it, 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 it will be higher in specific countries. France is top. I mean, they, you could go up to 30% there, you know. Mm. But overall in world production, it hovers between 5 and 8% on a year-to-year basis. You don't know yes. what you're missing out on. You're going to find no, that out absolutely, as we move on with Jerry, this conversation yeah, today. Yes. Now, Louise said to me this morning, uh, you know, we're familiar with whites, we're familiar yes. with reds. And she said to me, and this is the burning question. Yes. How is it made? Yeah. That's a very good question because I think that is where a lot of confusion comes through and I just out of for the crack really to I looked at a few answers uh, on on the internet there and it's ridiculous you know listen there's only three ways that it's made three recognized ways and that is the normal way of making wine which is maceration and what they do there uh, Jerry it's made in the same way as any other wine but the skin contact 
Remember, all wines are clear when you produce. It's the color comes from the skin contact. So they put the skins on there, and it can be as little as two hours up to 20, 22 hours. Rarely does it go over there, and that gives you your color. And can that be from a, the skin of a white grape or a red grape that will give the color? Uh, it'll be a red grape. Red only. Yeah, the skin now. Yes, the skin the now. Skin. The, the, the grape variety you're using can be yes, anything. anything. Yes. But it's a red skin, and that's it's between it. 2 and 22 hours, roughly. Yes, yes. That's the most common and most widely used okay. and recognised. What thing. else? What other ways? Uh, there's the, the, what we call the Saunier uh, 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 method, which is the bleeding method. That we, we, that's a name we use for it. It's bled. And what they do, that's when you make your red wine now, the skins are in, and you literally open the tap, put it, uh, drain it off and put it in another vat, and that's your rosé. Now, that's to a much lesser percentage. Okay, so maceration is the main method. Lesser Sarnier. Yeah. Blending, does blending happen? It does, Jerry, but very, very little. In France, that's totally banned except champagne. And blending is where you literally take a white wine and a red wine, and you just put a drop of red. I mean, you're talking 5%, Mm. 10% maximum, just to give it colour. The problem with that is consistency. You know, when, you, when you're taking two finished products, uh, they've already each got their individual characteristics and qualities. So it'll be, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit like the old recipe. I can't remember. Let's try three spoons, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not scientific at Not all. Not at all, no. And banned in France except in the Champagne region. No, even look. Rick has brought four rosés with us today, and we'll get onto them shortly. And I just yes. look at them, and it's something you wanted to mention. Yes. From very pale to deep. Yes. In yes. colour. In colour. Correct. It can go from that almost, I'm going to say that salmon pink hue all the way. It can, it can almost get up to purple, mm. uh, Jerry. And even in the four, you can see the difference in, in, in there. Yeah. Yes. And that's totally up to the winemaker. What the final colour is going to be, mm. yes. Now, yes. Uh, the age of wines we've talked about in the past, you focused uh, on red, which you can keep for quite a long time and going yeah. way, way back, white to a lesser degree, but you're very adamant about how long rosés keep. Yes, absolutely, Jay. I don't think, unless it's specifically designed, I'm talking champagne now, or they are the, I mean, we know the rosé d'Angelo, uh, but yes. when when you're talking about the Cabernet D'Angelo now, they are designed. That's uh, you're in different league. It's not mm. something you can. But in general, I would say ninety to ninety five percent of the rosés you and I know and everybody else, I wouldn't go over two years, Jerry. I'll be reluctant. So I'll drink reluctant. these wines young. Yeah, that's the message. That's, well, that's that is what the winemaker wants. That's mm. the style he's making. It. You know, you mentioned Danjou there, and I've had it. And one thing, I, I was offered a bottle of Danjou that was over two years old. It was yes. just left behind. Yes. Rick, you were right. It just wasn't no, at the races no, compared no, to... Uh, to, to the right. Yeah. yeah. To the right age. No. It's not designed. It's not the winemaker's intention uh, to, uh, for it to go over that, uh, Jerry. Are there some grape varieties... 
more suited to making yes. rosés. For example, yes, your Grenache would be uh, one of the top ones. Your Zinfandel, Sauvignon Blanc. I've got a beautiful Sauvignon Blanc here, Jerry. I'll leave it to you. I'm not going to get involved in that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's some that uh, you know. These are the ones uh, that your Pinot Noir, for instance. You know, so uh, they more suited because of the qualities they have. When you start going into your big grapes, uh, well, I call them big ones, like your Cabernet Sauvignons and that, you're in a different league now. They'll have a different outcome to it at all. And that's why they're always on the lesser percentage in terms of marketing. Yes. Interesting, yeah. interesting. Yeah. So, look, you've brought four. We better get started. And yes. you, you pick first. What, what are we going to have a taste uh, of? Uh, our number one is the uh, uh, Picnic. Um, and uh, that's from uh, Benjamin Danau, and he is uh, from the Languedoc region. In France? In, in France, and it's 100% Grenache, and it's a 2018. So, uh, and, and, and remember now that 2018 in France, when they pick these grapes, that would have been, you know, uh, sort of around September there. So, um, it's just coming up to a year so right. you so you well within the time uh, frame the time frame okay yeah. and it's picnic p-i-q-u-e hash n-i-q-u-e hyphen n-i-q-u-e picnic yeah. rosé 2018 darno and it's yeah. from france okay yeah all right and let's have a little uh, little twist of that on the lips here we see what it's like and let me just Beautiful colour on it as oh, well. Oh, lovely nose. Uh, yes, beautiful. Lovely, beautiful, beautiful on really, the nose. And really it's, nice. it's a middle range. When you look at the colour of it there, yes. it's neither on the light or the dark side. Yeah. It sits in yeah. the middle. Fair enough to say that yeah. about it as well. And if you look at the bottle, there's a few bubbles popping about there. And um, it's just got a little bit of a spirits in it. Oh, you know? on the tongue. It's just uh, absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Oh, there's berries in that, Rick, yes. isn't there? there oh, is. definitely, Jerry. Mm. And um, it's not too sweet. Um, it's got a bit of a dry finish, but not um, yeah. very, very dry. But that's the style in which it is made. Yes. That's what the French like. They wouldn't be. We'll, we'll go through the wines. So and not we'll, into the sweet end of things at with all. the roses. No, not, not on the finishing. Yeah. Not but on the but yet, I, I'll say, you could just quaff that without food, couldn't you? It's absolutely aperitif. Yes. All the way through, Jerry, you'll get to the bottom of the bottle as an aperitif. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have Don't to go to the Don't you tempt food me too. here today. Don't tempt me with that. And the thing to say about this as well, you can uh, match it with food. That's the great oh, one yes. about this one. Oh, yes. yes, absolutely. Absolutely. For me, Jerry, I would go the seafood route with yeah. this one. I, th- I, think, I think it's Be just got enough. For that, yes, yes, uh, because it hasn't got that heavy, heavy sweetness in mm. it. And uh, a big seafood. commendation for it at the International Wine Challenge yes, this year. Yes, it did. In China. It was it got commended great... there in Shanghai. Yes, yes. so, so they... it got a great reception. And you know, in in China, it's red wine that they drink there. So mm. that that is an achievement. It's really there. done well. Not to be so if you're going out to the countryside for a picnic, you could think of bringing picnic with you. 2018 Darno, and it's available from. It's available from nakedwines.com. And how much will a bottle of that take you back? Uh, that's eleven fifty. Oh, cheap! It is, cheap. and a hell of cheap. a bottle it is. Rick is with us. It's all rosy in the garden on late lunch. Back to taste a few more after the break. Rick, our second rosé. You're back to France again, and it is Naked Wines. 
Yes, again from nakedwines.com. It's a lovely website. I recently signed up with him, uh, Jerry, and lovely. It's one of the few places where you can buy wine. If you don't enjoy it, you send it back. So I'm sending an empty crate back. <laughs> <laughs> Does that surprise yeah. me? <laughs> <laughs> no, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, our second one is called Reserve de Pierre and Cotia uh, uh, de Nima Rose. 2018 Pierre Latar is the winemaker private winemaker and that's the thing about Naked Wines they only deal with small private uh, winemakers just to let listeners know and he's from the Rhone region mm. in France whereas we were in Languedoc before and uh, now he has a blend of Syrah and Grenache and let's Here see the difference yes. let's see the difference yes. in this now yes. this is paler Yes. Looking at it here, just in yes. the little plastic yes. tumbler, than the the first one. The yeah. first one, correct. And he has a blend. He has the Grenache and the Syrah. And the Syrah would have obviously given the colour as well, just a touch. God, that's uh, that's different, isn't it? Totally, Jerry. Mm. But still yes. very enjoyable. Very interesting, yes. I have to say. Yes. Oh, beautiful. Yes. It is beautiful, Rick. Yeah, definitely. Again... It's one you could just have by itself. Yes. But yeah. it might help on the barbecue. What is that type of... I would go along with you with that would one, you? Jerry. Yeah, I would go for the barbecue because I think, although it's lighter in colour, there is a little bit of, you can feel it, a slight heaviness. Yeah. Uh, and I think because the syrup would have given it a little bit more backbone there, you mm. know. Mm. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's. What about vegetarians? Because vegetarians don't really get mentioned a lot in the context of when no, we're matching with meats don't. and yeah. seafoods and yeah, yeah. Would there be? Yeah, I would go for the roasted vegetables. Would be really veg- nice with yeah, that. Yeah, I well. think. Oh, absolutely, Jerry. Dry roasted. No, you know, yeah. not uh, too much. Yes. Uh, oil in. Oil. oil in yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do definitely. them like that. Yeah, it'll do that. Um, so the Syrah and Grenache, it's the yeah. blend of both there, and that's really yes. the backbone of this it wine. Is, and you can you, you can get it in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's still an aperitif, but not as strong as the first the one. The first really. one. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. Just yeah. to say again, Reserve de Pierre, it's 2018, from yeah. NakedWines.com. And how much, Rick? Uh, that'll give you uh, 13 euro. Okay. Bargain. Okay, okay, there you are. That's Bargain. the second rose. We have two more to do. Wine number three. We're yes. heading to the Southern Hemisphere. We are, <laughs> Jerry. We are. We're in New Zealand in the Marlborough region, and this is a Sauvignon Blanc. Rosé. Uh, Rosé. And I was a little bit surprised when I was talking to friends and did the first testing of this that they've never seen a Sauvignon Blanc Rosé. Um so this is breaking new ground here. Well, I, I was surprised because I have seen it before. Right. So, um, and I'm just looking at the label. It says on the label yeah. Mudhouse. So Mud you House, can't miss yeah. this one. You can't. And it's Tesco. And it's Tesco. Yeah. And Mudhouse would be a, a, a very familiar label uh, in your Sauvignon Blancs in particular. Yes. Now, the colour on this. Yes. It's nearly a straw colour. It is. Isn't it? Very, very and bright, Yeah. Mm. There's yeah. something interesting. I can't make it up, but there's something yeah. interesting there on the nose. Let's see. Yeah. I think the palate will give it away more than the nose. If I can <laughs> say that, yeah, that's my favourite so far. Absolutely. Am I allowed to say that? 
you'll be wrong if you didn't say that, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It oh, is top, that top is draw. just a cracker. No, you, you can't beat that one, Jerry. Yeah, and that's Pinot Noir. Uh, uh, they used the Pinot Noir to get the colour. And that would have good because Pinot Noir would would have. Really I have to look at that. I really mean that. It is a yeah, straw color. It's the definitely. palest of pale. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I think that Pinot Noir would have just taken the edge of the Sauvignon Blanc uh, if it was in in the white wine format. Just took that grassy greeniness edge off I think. It might say mud house on the label but I can tell you this it's in the stratosphere when it Absolutely. comes to taste. Class. That is a terrific, Class. terrific wine and available from Tesco little dearer but it's worth the euro two extra isn't it? Absolutely Jerry. Look, it's Marlborough it's Sauvignon Blanc. Yes it's rosé but you know yeah, 15 euro Absolutely worth it. Mudhouse, Marlborough, New Zealand, Sauvignon Blanc, Rosé 2018. We have one more to do. And again, we're moving across this globe as we've done always with Rick when he comes to talk about wines. It's California. What have you got for us? Our final Rosé today, Rick. Yes, our final one is the Gallo family uh, from California. It's a, a white Grenache. Now, the Gallo family will be famous. I mean, yes. it's all over the world. I picked this one, Jerry, just to demonstrate the difference, uh, you know, in it, obviously. Now, this is a 2017. So you've gone back a year. I've gone back a year. And that is to demonstrate, yeah, just I wasn't telling lies. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this is 2017, Gallo family, white Grenache, uh, super value. Super value. Now, the uh, other thing I want to point out is the uh, percentage of alcohol, 10.5%. Because I think this is another thing where people... Uh, is a little bit sceptical about some rosés mm. because of the lower percentages of alcohol and the sweetness we kind of have a mental barrier that it's a cheap wine mm. you know mm. um, so, so, this, so that's it and, and this is the, the we, we, we don't like to say but this is a tenor this is this is the this is a tenor your yeah. best value yeah, ab- here today absolutely absolutely and um, again it's just to demonstrate uh, mm. Oh, Rick, that's sweet. That is sweet. <laughs> that is really yeah. sweet, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, I Again, as always, the first class, absolutely, to appreciate the wine and enjoy it for mm. what it is. I think that sweetness, you won't get to the bottom of this. It, it, it'll push you towards the food table fairly quick. The, the, it, it's just too sweet. You mm. know, after two, three glasses, you'll be tired yeah. of it. And um, it's, it's sweet. You, you can actually feel the weight in your mouth about it, mm. uh, Jerry. You know. Um, and there's a depth in that. There's more depth, a depth of color in, in it. That, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and it, it's... For me, it's a little bit flimsy compared to the others. What would you match that with? Uh, just about anything. Mm. But stay away from salty food. You know, Wouldn't I, I go think. with that no, at all. No, there'll be a clash. There'll yeah. be a clash. Aperitif, yes. Clash. But you're right. <laughs> You'd have a glass of that. And- uh, you'll be tired of it, Jerry. Yeah. yeah you'll yeah. get tired of it fairly quick. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, I, I picked it, as I say, just to demonstrate the, the variance that yes. you get and um, you know yeah and the levels of sweetness and colour yeah oh, well I'm yeah. looking at the four of them sitting there <laughs> you're surrounded by them again the minute, and I've had just a little taste on my lips of them and I have to say <clears throat> my vote today again I'm coming back to it is number three the Mud House oh, from yeah. Marlborough New Zealand the Sauvignon Blanc Rosé 
Absolutely, Jerry. I think you, you would be well rewarded. Definitely. Uh, with a bot like that. Not to say they all have their own interesting characteristics oh, yes. from the first one as well through, but it does show you the... You know, no wonder you love this. <laughs> because there are so many... aspects angles variations tastes aren't there it's just it is Jerry, and it's it's great because luckily i have good neighbors good friends (laughs) i'm never short of volunteers (laughs) (laughs) just before i forget yes um the chilling of uh, a rosé what do you say about a good chill on them jerry i would put a good chill on them uh slightly more than a white wine Mm. but not as deep as your sweet wines Right. So in, I'm going to say instead of 20 minutes, go half an hour okay. uh, on them. Yeah. Give them a it's, good chill. Yeah, it's just a great variety as well. Likes to be chilled and mm. it just comes. The recommendation is between five and eight degrees. So, Well, listen, um, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you for taking us on this uh, rosé journey this afternoon yes. and all details. This will be podcast again and you'll be able to pick them up. And with the information, we'll give it to you a little bit later on as well. But before you go today... Before you go, Rick Cronjay, you have to hear this, just for you. Here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday (laughs) to you. Happy birthday. (laughs) Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. That's Miss Kylie Minogue wishing you, Rick Cronjay. And it's in advance because it is, I know, next week. But you have a very special birthday coming up. I do, Jerry, and thank you so much. <laughs> Not Thanks at all. And much. there's a little much cake from myself and Louise just for you to take with you. And take it with you this evening and enjoy it. It's from McCluskey's. Uh, we got it earlier on there. You'll love yeah. it. And uh, we wish you all the very best because you're family coming and a big yes. surprise, I believe. You, you don't I know be- what's yes. happening next week, no do you? No idea, Jerry. No idea. Oh. <laughs> I just got to be in Dublin at a certain time. Fantastic. Brilliant. Great. Well, listen, you are, as I said, always so welcome in LMFM and on Late Lunch. And you've been one of the loveliest people we've met and one of our really valued contributors to the show. And I want to say again from all the people who love you and enjoy you when you come here each month. Happy, happy birthday to you and many, many years of happiness and happy wine consuming ahead. Yes. Thanks very much. (laughs) We'll see you next time round. Rick Grante. Thanks a million. Bye bye. Each month on Late Lunch, this year of 2019, we are selecting somebody to be our Home Instead Senior Care Unsung Hero. Yes, it's in association with LMFM Radio and the Late Lunch. And joining me on the line to tell me about someone she wishes to nominate is Mary Hoy. Good afternoon, Mary. Hi, Jerry. How's things? Uh, very good indeed. I have to say to you, my word, did you write a glowing rep- uh, recommendation uh, for this person? I'm sure she'd love to have it. Tell us who you're nominating. Uh, well, Jerry, I um, heard your advertising for Unsung Hero a few times on LMFM, and I every time I heard it, I always thought of Tracy. Um, Tracy Rogers uh, is from San Muller, Hackles Cross. Um, in Dundalk and uh, she is one of my closest and longest friends. Why do you believe this young woman deserves to be nominated as Unsung Hero for July? Well, Jerry Tracy, um, I hope she doesn't mind saying this now, but Tracy unfortunately was diagnosed with thyroid cancer when she was 13. Um, Tracy's now 27 and 
in that period of time, she's raised an incredible amount of money for the Irish Cancer Society. Um, she started fundraising when she got the all clear. Um, she did a few quizzes, some walks, some coffee mornings. Um, but in 2013, she started a whole year of fundraising. So every month she organised a number of different events. Um, again, coffee mornings, quizzes. Uh, she organised Movember, um, different vintage rallies. Uh, took part in mini marathons, Coolie 10Ks, uh, the Dublin uh, VHI mini marathon as well. And uh, every month she had everything organised and down to the tea. And within that year, she raised over 17000 for the Irish Cancer Society. Wow, that is some amount of money for one woman to put together with all those t- different events. And that was the first year. And she's continued. She's raised thousands and thousands more. Isn't that right? Since then? Anyone that would know Tracy... Um, she said it was only going to be a one-year thing, but uh, she, she never stopped. She, she continues uh, all the time to constantly raise money. Um, along with doing that as well, Jerry, she's, uh, you know, she completed her leaving service. She actually moved to Limerick and she studied sports in Limerick. She moved then to Kerry to become a PE teacher. Um, she worked as PE teacher. She continues to study. She continues to play sports. Uh, she's a member of her fighting fist gym in Dundalk. She plays basketball. Tag rugby. I'm going to fall off the chair here. Sorry, I'm just exhausted listening to you telling me what this woman does. She is just an incredible, incredible person. But it's really in the last few years as well. Like she, um, she's really netted her community together. She invites everyone, all young, all old. Um, she participates on in every event as well. She doesn't just organise them. She takes part in them. If we do a 5k run, she's there. She's front and centre. Um, she's she gets everyone going regardless of age you know she has really just she's just a knight in shining armour in our local community and I think everyone would agree with me um, in our community as well it's a small community you know people mightn't see each other that much and through her like she organised Couch to 5k she does her annual things now like we've an annual St Stephen's Day run um, and it's just all the time she, she just never stops ever so you feel that there's no doubt about this, that this woman deserves this. And you did say that, and that's something that caught my attention is what you said. You said, and I just want to read your word, she's a treasure, an absolute hero in our local community and the surrounding parishes. She goes above and beyond for everybody. We all try to help, I know, but we couldn't match what Tracy organises for so, so many people. And that really, you say, sums her up. Completely sums her up. Absolutely, like um, she's. We have a small community, um, like our local our local football club would be Niamh Maliki. Uh, she's heavily involved with Niamh Maliki, but she's also involved in her neighbouring clubs. Um, Roach Emmets is where she uh, is based. Where she plays football with the girls there. Um, she does an awful lot for them as well, um, including then Dundalk in general. Uh, with her, te- she teaches in Dundalk as well. So. Yeah, so, so much to recommend uh, this young woman and Tracy Rogers is her name again. Well, look, at we have a, an awful lot of nominations in, as you can imagine, but your uh, recommendation and the, the glowing tribute you pay to this young woman really caught her attention and we can see from it how valuable and how treasured she is in the community and what she's done for so many people, including the Irish Cancer Society. And I just want to say today that yes she is we want to name her this afternoon Tracy Rogers as our Home Instead Senior Care 
unsung hero for the month of July on LMFM Radio's Late Lunch. So it's hers and uh, she'll be made a special presentation at the end of the year and there's a dinner to bring everybody together who wins the monthly awards and we'll be in touch with you after the show to make the arrangements to get to meet her as well. Is that okay? Perfect, absolutely. She'll be delighted. Thank you so much. Uh, None at all. And thank you, Mary, for taking the time to put this all together uh, for us and nominate her. And we're delighted to acknowledge what she does uh, in her local community there. Nice to talk to you this afternoon. Thank you for taking our call. Thank you so much, Jerry. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye now. That's Mary Hoy. Tracy Rogers, congratulations to you. Not sure if you're listening, but I'm sure there are people listening who know you well. You are our unsung hero for the month of July. Let's hear a song from the Bee Gees. Yes, the BGs and how deep is your love? 1977. God, we're going back in time there, aren't we? It didn't make number one in the UK charts. I can't believe that. Number three, it only got to two here in Ireland. But they did crack it in the States. It was number one on the American US Billboard Hot 100. So the States, there you go. I had it in my mind that that was a number one at one stage. And I'll dedicate that this afternoon to Kathleen Dunn. Kathleen. 93 years young she was yesterday and uh, had a lovely day. And that comes in from all our pals in the Dunshocklin Friday Friends Club. 93 years young. Happy birthday. Belated 24 hours on to Kathleen Dunn there. Now, the competition, Louise, I think I even confused you, did I, with the golf competition today? You were in there scratching oh, so What was he looking for? Not a clue. Not a clue. I was, when you said you ever 60 play years, golf? it threw me. Did you ever play golf? No, I played pitch and push. Did you? Yeah. Were you good? I don't think my husband would ever bring me again. I just got so angry. I just literally picked up the ball and walked to the hole and just put it in. Threw it, threw it in. What age were you? Six? Mm. I'm going home. <laughs> anyway, I, I just tell you that the answer I was looking for is the Halpenny Golf Competition. And today's prize is a great one. Four ball for the Neuromore Golf Club. Lovely prize there. And the clues I gave you were this. Uh, I bridged a gap of 60 years from an Irish perspective this year. That was Fred Daly won the Open Championship 51. Parik Harrington won it 60 years later. It was 60 years on. Maybe in 57 he won it. 57 actually he won it, yeah. Uh, and then uh, the next one was Carnoustie was where I lifted my first claret jug. What a year that was. Carnoustie, 2007. First claret jug for Parik Harrington. And I finished seven under par. There's a clue to the year. Seven under 2007. That's what I was looking for. The four ball for Neuromore. Well done to you. Barney Travers from Knockbridge. That prize is yours. One more day of Halpenny Golf Competition to come on late lunch at tomorrow. There's not one four ball, there's two. There's one for Donna Bate and one for Beaverstown. Two four balls. The prize tomorrow. Great prize. Stay tuned for the clues tomorrow afternoon. Are we done, Louise? I think so. I think it's nearly time to go for, time for a coppa. Have we anything to go with it? No, Biza. <laughs> Just seen this new pizza. That's for bees. Biza. Biza. 
Yeah, Papa John's have made a new pizza called Biza. It's for the bees. It's only less than one inch in diameter. It's made with actual uh, pizza dough, passata base and topped with wildflowers, forgot-me-nots, geraniums and a sprinkling of local pollen. We'll go out and order a bag of them and eat them between us over <laughs> the next hour. How is that? <laughs> we'll buzz off. <laughs> we'll buzz off for today. Anyway, have a nice evening. Come back and join us for your Friday late lunch at half one. We'll see you then. The Late Lunch, brought to you by Blackstone Motors, setting the standards higher for award-winning customer service you can trust. Visit your regional dealer for Renault and Dacia in the Northeast for exclusive offers with lowest can be APR finance and finance arranged within four hours. Dare to live? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 